Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation this evening from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27. Listen again to verses 30 and 31. And the soldiers spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. So far, our text. David Mayo was the bully who stalked the dark recesses in the back of the school bus. And he wasn't just anyone's bully, he was my bully. Twice a day, 40 minutes to school, 40 minutes back home. Again, I was in middle school, he was in high school. And David Mayo's favorite thing to do was to take his class ring, turn it around on his finger, and sneak up behind you on the bus and bop you on the head. Hurt like heck. And I learned to mark where Darth David was sitting as soon as I stepped on to the bus each day, sit toward the front, if at all possible, don't make eye contact, avoid the threat at all costs. And I did. I avoided David Mayo for years until I ran into him one night between periods at a hockey game. I was home from college. I was a foot taller than he was now. I had muscles now. I looked down at David Mayo and smiled at him. He just walked away. Everyone here tonight most likely has their own bully story that they could share. And unfortunately, bullies are a fact of life, aren't they? They're one of the byproducts of our fallen and sinful human nature. And that goes way back. I mean, Adam and Eve's boy Cain was a bully who murdered his own brother. Jacob's brood of 11 bullies bullied Joseph into slavery. Pharaoh was a bully, wasn't he? Saul tried to kill young David. Jezebel was a, a nasty Old Testament female bully. Just ask Elijah. If you have a heartbeat and live long enough on this planet, eventually you will have a run-in with a bully. Just ask Jesus. Poor Jesus, he started having run-ins with bullies as a toddler, for goodness sake. Herod the Horrible tries to kill him before he's even grown out of his swaddling clothes. And things don't improve too much for Jesus as an adult uh, either. The Pharisees constantly harassing him. The hometown bullies of Nazareth try to throw him off a cliff. Bullies in the temple courts try to brain Jesus with rocks. But Monday, Thursday, that's the night where Jesus really found himself trapped in the back of the school bus. In the garden, a whole gaggle of bullies, dressed like Roman soldiers, show up wielding swords instead of class rings. And Jesus has a decision to make. There are only three courses of action one can take when faced with bullies. One, run away. Two, fight. Or three, take the beating. 
And those were Jesus' choices. My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That was Jesus praying earlier in the garden that night. That was Jesus contemplating escape from Good Friday. But the contemplation ended this way, didn't it? Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Bullies be damned. Jesus wasn't going anywhere. And neither was Jesus going to put up his dukes and fight either. And it is, by the way, the classic way to handle bullies, especially in the movies, stand up to them. Take the first swing, black of their eye, because everyone knows bullies are really cowards. And that's what Peter thought, too, that night. And so Peter pulls his sword and he takes the first swing. But then Jesus says, knock it off, Pete. If I wanted to fight, I have 72,000 angel swords at my beck and call. But I'm not fighting anyone this night. Jesus didn't hit back. Instead, Jesus took the third bully option, didn't he? Instead, Jesus decides to take the beating. And beat him, those soldiers did. You know, once Pilate gave Jesus into the soldiers' hands, the first thing they did was to whip Jesus' naked back. And this lead-tipped whip was called a flagrum. And it was designed to break open the skin and, and cause massive bleeding and internal injury and weaken the person so they couldn't resist punishment any further. In fact, this type of scourging was so violent that the Jews limited the number of lashes that one could receive. But Jesus was in the hands of the Romans now, and they had no limit. In fact, a cruel piece of irony here is that this treatment was so torturous that many considered it to be an act of mercy because you were so weakened by the beatings that you'd die more quickly when crucified. But that just wasn't all. On top of the beating, there was the side dish of ridicule. For a Roman soldier, being stationed in Judea was like being sent to the end of the world. There's nothing to do. And putting up with the Jews was a pain. Their constant religious infighting enough to make any soldier quit. They had to get their entertainment somehow. And Jesus seemed to serve that purpose. So after the brutal whipping, the soldiers turned to ridicule. And I suppose it makes a certain amount of uh, sense, the things that they said to Jesus. After all, the case around him involved his claim uh, to be a king. And so they play to the, the Jewish crowd that day. The Romans throw a scarlet robe on him, probably an old soldier's coat. They twist together a bramble of thorns and press it on his skull as if it were some kind of crown. And then they place a stick in his hands, his weakened hands. And Matthew tells us they knelt down before him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. And then the whole company, Matthew tells us, took turns spitting on him and, and beating him over the head again and again. But with every blow of the flagrum and every spray of spit, with every taunt and jeer, little did they know that Jesus was fulfilling the word of God. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. 
Isaiah 50, verse 6. Here's the deal. Jesus let himself be brutalized. He did. He offered his back. He didn't object to his oppressors. Why would he or anyone else do that? You know, why did Jesus allow himself to be brutalized? Why didn't he stand up and punch the bullies in the nose? Well, he did it for you. He did it for me. He did it because that's, that's why he was born. That's why God sent him to this earth to become your perfect substitute. And if Jesus had not endured this shame, if he had avoided the indignity, if he had retreated from the cross or refused to drink every drop of suffering, then there is no forgiveness for your sins. And God's wrath would still be upon you. And that means God must punish you for your sins. And he must punish me too. And I'll tell you, God's punishment for sin is much worse than any Roman soldier could ever dish out. You know, what bullies really are all about is control. And what a bully does is he tries to leverage power and control over you. So when you're the victim of bullying, you feel alone and you feel powerless as though you, for some reason, have to obey the bully. And that's what sin does. Sin is a bully. It tries to control your thoughts and your actions. The devil is a bully. He tries to browbeat you with those temptations to disobey your God. But it doesn't have to be that way. Not anymore. I mean, Jesus was bullied in your place. He endured every last ounce of punishment, sin, death, hell, uh, the devil uh, could send his way. And that means Satan can't accuse you anymore before God. Did you know that's what the word Satan means? Accuser. Satan can't control you anymore because you're baptized. You don't belong to him. You belong to God. Jesus Christ is your brother. And Jesus stood up to Satan on an Easter morning, finally punching him in the nose, giving him the heave-ho, and tossing him off the bus of your life forever. The devil does not control you anymore. Jesus does. And that is a beautiful thing. What those soldiers did to Jesus was brutal, no doubt about it. But instead of running, instead of hitting back, Jesus took the beating that your sins and my sins deserved. Every stripe, every scar, every wound and bruise and jeer and drop of spittle he took for you. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.